0: Watch a lot of that, watch Judge Judy. No way. What is it about that? Love Judge Judy. Do <laughs> you really? Love it.
1: What is it about that? I used to watch Judge Wapner back in the yeah, day. Yeah, Judge Wapner. <laughs> yeah, you're showing
0: your Judge Judy is it's just not that it's real, but it's it's raw. It's like people, it's misery. That's hilarious. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. That's funny. Okay, let's do this. Okay.
2: Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio in session. <laughs>
0: Hey, I'm Shireli, and I'm uh, currently I'm a senior producer for Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, originally from the Hammer, for people who don't know where that is, that's Hamilton, Ontario, mm-hmm. uh, in East End, of Stony Creek, and live in the T.DOT now, and uh, working for the big hockey show. So, people want to know: Are
1: you still a Montreal Canadiens fan?
0: <laughs> you, you did research. I right? did. <laughs> <Frick>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. I, you know what? It's funny because um, what gives me a bit of a feeling is when I just see the logo. I used to skip school and go to the library and look at the books that Dick Irvin used to write. Yeah. Go through pictures and stuff. I skipped school for a lot of different reasons, but that was that one was one of them. That you that can was tell. One <laughs> of them. Uh, yeah. I, I sure you grow up with the favorite team, and I don't think it ever leaves you. It doesn't sure. come into my mindset when I'm doing games. When you're working, it honestly yeah, yeah, doesn't. Yeah, Uh, you get the best camera people, the best people working (laughs) with you. I don't care who wins. Yeah, yeah. I really don't. Yeah, just uh, usually just in the playoffs when a team is up three games to nothing, and you know you want the series to end. Mm -hmm. That's when you want that team to win. win. Okay, Hor, come on, let's go go home. Let's get on with this already. (laughs) But other than that, it's all good.
1: Yeah, nice. Um, I guess your story it was very interesting, and I can't remember for the life of me which newspaper I got this from. It was either. I I am guessing it must have been either the Globe or the Spectator. Okay. But it it's it sort of I, I like the way this guy wrote it. It started off with you leaving Uganda in 72 mm. and crisscrossing that with the Summit Series. Mm-hmm. That was possibly happening around the same time. And there was uh and I didn't know this, but apparently there was a there was a lot of anti-immigrant mm-hmm. sentiment happening in Canada around that time according to Uh, to this article. Um, But it seemed that hockey played a role, even back then in your life.
0: Well, I think the way it was, was, and I was too young. Of course. I remember getting here, right? I was like uh, three or four years old. Mm -hmm. And um, I think what happened is, when we came into the country, it was like dead of winter. It was like October. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not dead of winter, but it was October. And back then, the winters were a lot more harsh. So... You know, between the Summit Series and, and hockey, and my parents coming over with eight kids. Yeah, I have seven sisters. Are they
1: older, younger? we one you younger. The rest older. Old.
0: Yeah, and wow. fourteen bratty nieces and nephews now. So uh, <laughs> no, it's it's good. Uh, but when we came over, it was like the theme wasn't you know, hey, let's get into hockey. It was survival. Yeah, yeah. You know, helped out by the local church and mm-hmm. uh, had cousins here and stuff, but not a huge support system. Yeah. So you really look towards what the community kind of offers. And, and it was great. My dad, I remember him talking to to the day he died, like back in, we went to Port Colborne first.
1: That's imagine, a beautiful town.
0: It, it's gorgeous. I actually rode my bike through there just this summer. Wow. And sent pictures back to the family. It's like, yeah. wow, it's this is where we all full circle. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, and it was right around the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Summit Series. And you just, I guess, you kind of look back, you don't really realize what a time means to you till you can reflect on it. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, right from an early age, playing street hockey and all the rest of it, you just kind of grow up with it. It's just kind of what what you did. So we weren't any different. But the difference was that uh, it wasn't uh, something that was ingrained in you. Mm-hmm. It's just you... You learned it from the people around you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You got to tell me this. I've, I've got a son. He's he's an only child. Mm-hmm. And you come from uh, seven sisters. Eight
0: kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: What was um, one of the things that my, my wife and her two sisters love to do with with yeah. their nephews and nieces, especially the boys, is that they, I don't I don't know what it
0: is they like to dress them up in dresses when they're babies. <laughs> what did your sisters do to you? I can just imagine. Buddy, I was a chosen one. I was the only guy. <laughs> you got like, protected. Yeah, I was protected. <laughs> I was okay. I had nothing to complain about. It. I didn't dress up in in dresses. Uh, but, you know, I would have, I guess. Uh, no, I, no, it was all... Uh, I was very protected. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was... It was. Uh, yeah, mom and dad were always very good to me.
1: Tell me about this going to the library during school. <laughs> like, how old were you when you started skipping class and reading Dirk Irvin books?
0: Um... That was probably grade 9 or 10 in Hamilton.
1: Okay, so you're yeah. okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Grade 9 or so 10. So
1: you, because you, you, my understanding is, so grade 9 and 10 is,
0: how old are you then, like 16? Yeah, 15, 16. 15, yeah, 16 yeah, years yeah, old. Yeah. So this is no, also... not even like Yeah, around there.
2: Yeah.
1: So this is also around the time when, like, did you see a, was it a CFL game you saw, or you saw a production truck, or what no, was... No, so
0: what happened was, if you're... Talking about the first time I saw an actual uh, TV broadcast? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. you knew, like, th- I want to do this. I got in, like, the hockey thing came to me when um, I remember watching a lot of games when I was a kid. My dad loved wrestling, by the way. Big wrestling fan. Really? Oh, WWF? God. Yeah, WWE. Oh, yeah, my back goodness. Gene Kaniski and all the boys. So oh, wow. That was a real kind of influence early on with, uh, with sport. Yeah. You know, it was cool. And he just sit there and laugh. I can hear his laugh now. Just sit really, there and just laugh at it. <laughs> and it was a big deal. What so, did he think of uh, the Ugandan headhunter? Oh, Ugandan giant, yeah, the Ugandan yeah? giant. Yeah, my like, dad didn't like him. Well, <laughs> I, uh, I think that to this day he probably thought that he knew him, <laughs> right? He probably, oh yeah, I remember him <laughs> coming around. Uh, yeah, but no, it, it wasn't like he's probably some Canadian dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, I think. My first, uh, I remember going to the Odd in Buffalo. It was easier going getting tickets. And one of the first teams mm. I saw was the Habs. Yeah. Uh, driving there when I was a lot younger. And uh, and that slowly got me into the Habs. It was just something about the sea, man. It was just something about the logo and mm-hmm. the red and the, and the guys that played on that team. It just, it was excellence. It mm-hmm. was a standard. It was a bar. It was just, uh, you, you just looked up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I just, I loved the flower and I loved Kenny Dryden and Nett and the way Mm -hmm. he stood and and all the rest of it. So, very, um,
1: there's like a mythology around that that team, eh? Yeah. In the 70s.
0: Yeah, it's, to be good at something for so long, Mm -hmm. you got to respect that. That's why even now the the players, the fact that they can do what they do, whether you're into the sport or not. Yeah. That's, it's... It's humbling mm-hmm. to look at that. When somebody can focus on their craft that much and be that driven to uh, that—I call it that—relentless pursuit of excellence. Yeah. It's it's humbling. Like hmm. it's it's very cool to to think about.
1: Yeah. Was it a CFL game you were watching? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I remember being in Hamilton and. Uh, I was in high school mm-hmm. and late high school, and I and I was really getting into the TV thing. So
1: you knew that that's sort yeah. of you wanted to get involved somewhere there, yeah, I was but like behind stuff. the camera, like you weren't yeah.
0: thinking of being an actor. No, or look or... at me! How can I be in front of the camera? Look at you! Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think what happened is I remember reading an article on uh, on the on the Tight Cats. I was a big CFL fan. Okay. Back. And one of the Tight Cats was volunteering at a cable station. Hmm. And I was like, that's really cool. Okay. You know, it just was in The Spectator, and I was just reading that, and uh, dug into that a little bit, and found out there are volunteer opportunities for uh, television. And what I remember thinking way back is, it was a kind of a romantic thing that I had in my head, that wouldn't it be cool to be in a TV studio, and they had the steel roof, Cable 14 in Hamilton, a beautiful steel roof. Just okay. Just like an old barn. And... Inside was a TV studio with these three cameras and stuff, and I th- and I remember going in there for a tour, and I could hear the rain. It was raining that day, and you could hear the raindrops and stuff. And I thought that w- it just that image stuck with me. Wow! And I thought I know people make fun of me about it, but I thought it was what a romantic kind of feeling to be doing television in the rain and yeah. hearing those drops. And because I've always loved the rain. Yeah. So that kind of got me into that mode of uh thinking television for some reason was the rain wow uh yeah ridiculous
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i know uh so anyway i i remember being at iverwind stadium and uh the cbc was telecasting a game there mm-hmm. and i said to the guard at the front desk or at the front gate there i said you know i just wa- i just got to go see the guys at the production truck there i was like 15 or 16 or whatever i don't know and uh he said, "Okay, go ahead." So I walked into the truck and I said, "Just, hey, just like that." It was after the game. Yeah, it was great. It was not a lot of security, and <laughs> I was in awe. Yeah, and I was volunteering at the cable station. Okay, and, uh, and I looked around and said, "Hey, is there anybody in charge here? Like, who's who's around? Who's in charge?" And this guy, uh, they pointed me to the producer, and the producer's name was Lawrence Kimber. Yeah, uh, Lawrence has uh, been retired from the CBC for a while now, and I try to, you know. I always do, and I haven't talked to him in a while, but I remember this moment, and he was so generous and so gracious. Mm-hmm. Where I just said, "Can you, uh, can can I? I just want to have a dream of mine would be just come in here and watch a show. I would just love oh, to wow. watch during a broadcast. Mm-hmm. Like how ridiculous is that, right? Yeah. Uh, and he gave me his card, and he said, "Look, kid, we're back Labor Day, and so come on back." And I waited all summer. I remember. Th- Holding on to that card and thinking, I'm getting hold of this guy. Like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, I hope he remembers me still. He gave me the opportunity to go and sit and watch in a game. And right then, I knew I wanted to do this.
1: What was it? like? Because, I, I mean, hmm. we went to a studio, uh, the Global Studios up in North York, mm-hmm. uh, with our Cub Scouts two years ago, I think. I mm-hmm. think we watched it the 630 News or 6 o'clock News, one of those two. Yeah. Um, what was, what was it about
0: that, that environment? I sucked at everything else. So (laughs) I was crappy in math. Yeah. Wasn't a great. Your career prospects. (laughs) were They were limited. So I thought, well, this is good. No, uh, I loved, I loved seeing the pressure. Hmm. I, I enjoyed the pressure. I enjoyed being in the moment. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed the, uh, chaos. um, And I enjoyed the sport. And just like when you could see the players and you see things that other people didn't and you're able to kind of tell that story uh, on the air for viewers and just being able to do something creative Mm -hmm. was, it just drew me in. And the live aspect of it. Really? With the pressure and the, you know, hearing the countdown in three, two, one, and you're on. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just, there was something sexy about it it just was it just spoke to me wow It was pressure and it was it was raw
1: you're in grade what grade 9 10
0: yeah Sometimes. everything's melding in now
1: Everything,
0: <laughs> you know, the old, everything's like yeah
1: the older you yeah high school is one year <laughs>
0: yeah i don't know i remember yeah everything's kind of what was your I was what, young.
1: what was your next um like what was the mm-hmm. next step did you was it um,
0: was it Mohawk College
1: or was it you yeah. were
0: volunteering before that? No, I was volunteering before that. Yeah. I wanted to work.
1: It was like, were you at like the local Hamilton station? Yeah. Okay. No,
0: not okay. At that time yet, I remember uh, I was doing wedding videos. Everything went from wedding videos to uh, corporate videos. Uh, I would do anything and everything in the business of television. Okay. And back then it was about television, not the way it is now whether it's digital or media. Yeah, it was yeah. a very focused kind of thing. Yeah. Not that, you know, that it was the only outlet, but TV was it. That was what you wanted to That's do. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah, where did uh, this? Where did the bowling? No, the bingo. Oh, the bingo. Jeez. When was that? Uh, so I was offered. Uh, I were. I mean, long story short, I, went, <laughs> I, I was working at the CBC. Okay. I, I got a job at the CBC. Yeah, yeah. And all I did was basically. Uh, bother the i remember the guy named roy lofgren yeah and he was the guy hiring for summer relief so he said okay kid you know come in and get an interview i basically got an interview through the secretary went in for summer relief a guy at college i was first year this third year guy i remember coming up to me and said why are you bothering that they don't hire people like Mm -hmm. you and they don't hire people from first year college so you're barking up the wrong tree i said okay you know." I understand. It wasn't, he was bigger than me, so I'm not going to. Sure. So anyway, I got the job and uh, it was just a summer relief job. I was driving a truck around with tape and Hmm. and going around. And uh, next thing you know, News World back then, now it's called News Network, but News World was starting. And I had been still volunteering at the cable station and I went in to the, uh, I went in and applied for a director job. And the senior director, she said, you know, it doesn't really work out like this. You, you have to kind of be an associate director. You got to do some other stuff. But we're going to give you an audition. And I said, great. That was my next dream. It's like you just keep chasing the next dream. I wow. just wanted an audition mm-hmm. in a control room mm-hmm. at the CBC to say that I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went in and I had a lot of like the technicians that were there were just gorgeous people. They were beautiful people and I'd work with them. So they knew me. So they really carried me through the audition. Nice. Uh, and at the end of the audition, the senior director, she said, she started clapping. She said, that's, was awesome. Wow. She said, go and meet the executive producer of the National. We want to hire you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like 18 or something at this point. You're still in school. I was still in school. First year of college. Yeah. 18 years old. I go up and uh, they said, okay, we want to hire you. I said, look, I'm still in school. They said, okay. Um, you are still in school, go back to school. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for the addition. Thanks for the job offer. Sorry I can't take it. Yeah. Didn't
1: put the pressure on
0: you to take it or leave it. This is your last chance. Tons of people wanting jobs, right? Yeah. So I went back. I thought about it. I go, what the hell am I doing? I can't. I got to figure out a way. So I figured out what shifts they were covering. I went back and said, I will do the overnight shift Friday and Saturday night. While yeah. I'm in school, hire me part time. Yeah,
1: so you'd go to school Monday Friday
0: and work Friday and, Friday and, Saturdays, night, and Saturdays overnight Saturdays. as a director at the CBC. Yeah, my teachers wanted the job. Like it was amazing to be a director at the CBC. Wow, and uh, I was just grateful to be able to get in, and it was it was News World overnight shifts, yard shifts, and I learned a lot. Uh, but that's when when they asked me, you know, speaking of the bingo thing before I got the audition. Mm-hmm. When they said, have you done anything ever live before? And I'm like, yeah, I've done live TV. And all I'd done was bingo at the cable station. Okay. <laughs> That's where the bingo story came Okay. From. But, you know, before that, the year before that, the uh, thinking back to after my first year of college, mm-hmm. I remember I was working everywhere. I had gotten that tape librarian job at the CBC. And uh, my teacher called me up. It was like July or something. And the teacher called me up and he said, you know, uh, your marks were really low. I'm like, but I've been working. I've been trying to do whatever. And I've missed a lot of classes. Yes, that seems to be a threat. And, <laughs>
3: uh,
0: but I I love the business. Like, what can I do? Yeah. They said, no, you failed. You failed first year. Yeah. I failed first year at a college. But what happens? Like,
1: after? Like, do you have to do first year again? Like, no, what's... I was
0: like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. He said, he actually said to me, he said, you know what? You should think about another career. Wow. Think about doing something else.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. i said okay so that's when i kept working at the cbc and i what i did is i went back to school i went back and talk about being humbled yeah i went back to mohawk college re-entered my first year with the brand new set of kids okay and my class had been second year so it was quite humbling it was quite an experience but i loved the business and mm. I thought I have to go and get a, at least this the diploma. Yeah. I just loved to work; like I just sure. enjoyed
1: it. What was the diploma in broadcasting? Mm. I'm guessing. Yeah, television broadcasting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, did you learn a lot there? I'm, I'm curious, or, sure or you was did. your learning in, yeah. in studios?
0: No, I, I learned by I worked a lot. I worked at every job I could get. Yeah. Um, and I learned a lot at the CBC. And back in those days, the CBC—I hate saying back in those days—but mm-hmm. uh, but the CBC actually trained people. Mm-hmm. They trained people for different technology. They trained everything was done properly,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: you had to learn things the right way. And there was enough mentors around that you could pick their brains with, you know, with 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 a good amount of respect, and uh, and you learned that way. That's how you learn. And in school, of course, you learn. You learn life skills, man. Mm-hmm. You know that. Like you just you learned a bit about everything. Yeah. So your director, overnight,
1: CBC mm-hmm. News World. Mm-hmm um you re-enter school you re- re-enter school yeah are you still doing that overnight shift
0: yeah yeah how long yeah. did you do that for? I did it for like a couple years okay all through grade uh, all through the second and my second and third year of college yeah. I was directing overnights mm-hmm. and then the summers I'd be right back into CBC so I was really lucky yeah like it was it was a dream come true mm-hmm. to be able to be a director at a very young age mm-hmm. and I remember, you know, there was one time the National, uh, we were all done on a Sunday night, and I was like a, a pit boss. I was like an associate director, let's say, for lack of a better term. Nelson Mandela, the news had been out that he just got released, that he was going to get released. Mm-hmm. And they called everybody back. Yeah. The actual director was gone, so I came back left and the they said, yeah, he would left, and we were going to do a news special. And Oh, like, right said, then okay, and there. Yeah. Okay, so they put me in. And it was exhilarating, and I remember thinking the audio guy was in the business longer than I'd been alive. So how do I deal with that? How am I gonna get this, what this all young this kid. pressure? Yeah, yeah, I'm going in there and telling. And his, I remember his name. His name was Victor Pinto.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, and he's this uh, this this crusty guy that was really good at his job, but he knew his gig and you needed to talk to him with respect and Mm -hmm. i'm thinking how do i deal with this Mm -hmm. uh because i need him to do different stuff it wasn't a formatted national it was a new special now Mm -hmm. so he really had to take direction and you just i just learned a lot in that moment of how to be and and how to kind of not act but how to actually be with somebody so tell me like how did you deal with that you deal with that through respect, man. Yeah, like, and not just a cliche respect, but you really deal deal with that, in my mind, through a lot of care and through a lot of the other person's eyes, huh. and by really wanting them to to understand, uh, kind of just to meet meet them one on one. Yeah, um, and not to show them up ever. Because I'm
1: thinking you're in a fast paced environment. How are. do you take that time to let the let let him know? Mm-hmm. Listen, mm-hmm. I respect. Mm -hmm. what you've done and what you're doing Mm -hmm. here's where I want to go like how do you take that time to do that you know
0: it actually it helps me in Mm. my job now Mm. on how you treat people in a very fast environment and you have to adapt on how you're treating people that are just getting into the business and how you're treating people that have been in the business I think it's through a lot of honesty Mm -hmm. and respect but it's also through not showing people up Mm-hmm. You know, and I've had moments where you're yelling and screaming because it's a tense environment. Yeah. Like live TV is 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 hard and you want everything. I deal with this thing called precision and language where you tell people exactly what you want. Yes. In the timely fashion that you want it and you be clear. Yeah. And you be honest. Yeah. And if you put in the amount of effort and the care, then people usually respect that. I think everybody wants to be led. And I, I hmm. enjoy leading. Yeah, I, I, I really do. I enjoy leading. So
1: tell me, because I'm I'm not, I don't understand the you know the the business. Yeah, yeah.
0: What does a director
1: do? Like, what's the director's responsibility, in the in the studio?
0: So the difference between a lot of people ask me what the difference is between a producer and yeah. a director. Yeah. On a hockey show. Okay. So the producer basically. Uh, deals with the talent. Talent being, the commentators. Okay. Uh, provides the vision. Mm-hmm. deals with commentators back and back uh, back and forth during mm-hmm. the show yeah and um, the director executes the vision okay now it's a very collaborative effort in live tv trucks it's kind of like no other because it really does take a team so you got like 20 30 people that you're talking to sometimes mm-hmm. all at once uh it's controlled chaos it's not like you know it's not the work of any heroes let's put it that way it's mm-hmm. it is it's what we do yeah it's, it's nothing Nothing like what healthcare workers do. I remind sure. myself of that all the time. Yeah, yeah. someone ask,
1: else could do what you're doing, but you're yeah. not saving lives. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: like yeah, you say you know people say yeah, you're the pilot of a, of a plane, but it's it's not as critical if it goes down. No, it's absolutely. Not a biggie, right? Totally get that. So, um, you're basically providing the vision for the show, and you're thinking mm-hmm. of content. You're thinking of the fan. You're thinking of the viewer, what they want to see. As a producer, as a producer, okay. and as a director, okay, you're in both, and even when when the, the cameraman, like you're thinking of what's interesting. That yeah. I remember watching games back, even when I was a kid. Like we go back to the beginning of what we talked about, what watching players and what they do, mm-hmm. whether it's body language or different types of uh, things that the player does. It just that it it's a real uh, it's a thinking moment that I find enjoy it
1: so you get this opportunity mm-hmm. to direct this nelson mandela special yep um is that sort of your
0: is that is that was that the next step in this journey no it was uh i was kind of described as a jack of all trades because i i liked okay. technical i liked the uh directing back then at news and then my, my i really just wanted to work in sports I okay. wanted to do big-time yeah. live event television. Okay. And a guy named Doug Sellers helped me a lot. Okay. Uh, Doug worked for Fox oh. in L.A. He mm-hmm. was a CBC executive for a long time. He passed away, actually, on the ice. Oh. He was a goalie, and he, he had a heart attack on the ice a few years ago. Wow. And he was a big mentor for me when I was, uh, when I was getting in the business. And I just used to keep in touch with him yeah. every year or so. I'd go and see him. And finally, he came to me at one point and said, Okay, kid. You can uh, start with us, but you're just going to start cutting some promos, doing some promos. Directing us being a at bit Fox? At CBC, at CBC Sports. At CBC, CBC Sports. Which yeah. was, for me, it was like the be all and end all. I used to listen to the music, and it was a very highly respected place. Okay. And still is. Yeah. yeah. Um, just in terms of the quality of work, mm-hmm. whether it was the content or the presentation, it was just big time. Yeah. And so. I started off uh, promo producing, directing The Odd Thing. And then this uh, crazy man called John Shannon, who came back to Hockey Night in 1995. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the day he was—he got hired, and it was a big deal, because he'd been in the business for a long time, and he was in his office. And I walked into his office, and I said, who are you? I hear so much about you. <laughs> he thought I was the computer guy. He thought I was there to fix his computer. <laughs> you tech. Yeah, he thought I was tech. <laughs> I'm like, no, I really am not tech, but I can try and fix your computer and I couldn't. And I said to him plain and simple is the kind of same way that I got all my other jobs. Yeah. It was, I said, Hey, I know the building. I can drag. Can I help you? You know, can I help you with something? And he uh, he went on to hire you know, to hire me and uh, worked with him and, and the gang at Hockey Night for a long time and that's that's kind of how Hockey Night started. I what was your
1: first gig at Hockey Night?
0: Basically working for him. Yeah. The, Whatever and he I, needed it was the year of the strike. 95 was a short mm, strike. Yeah. And uh, I was directing the studio shows. We'd show classic games. So I'm sitting yes, now I remember in the that. studio. Yeah. And Dick Irvin is in the studio.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah.
0: He was in there uh, with Don Cherry, with, you know, Ron McClain was there. They were, with, I think at one point they went over and did the Gretzky tour. So I was a studio director. Cutting promos for CBC, doing different shows. Yeah, and um, it all kind of came to a head there, and then just worked my way up through hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When was um, when did you start to
1: get to work on the live games, directing and producing?
0: A few years later. Yeah. I was directing all the all the Toronto Maple Leaf games. Okay. Uh, for a few years, and then at some, and then at one point, I remember Alan Clark, who was the head of CBC Sports, came to me and said, you know. I actually went to him. I said, "I can help out on the NHL awards if you'd like. I can, okay, you know, just do whatever. You're really cut like some packs, and
1: you're you know. you're continually going and asking for stuff and
0: offering yourself up. Yeah, but you know how how you do it makes a big difference. Okay, you know, I I really was cognizant of not being a pain in the ass. No, it and doesn't sound like you are.
1: It, it, you, but like it like to me so here's why I bring it up to me it sounds like you've quote-unquote arrived like no you're, you're not the big Kahuna no understandable not at all. No. but you've you've found a place and like to a lot of people it's like just wait your time just do a good job wait yeah. your time good do a good job wait your time get the next promotion and and you know after X amount of years you'll be the executive producer you'll be you'll be at the top of your yeah. your game but it seems like you kept on you know you're, you're doing this but hey, where else can I help
0: or well, work or do It wasn't do about or learn. the job for me. Okay. It was about interest in the job, in what mm. I wanted to do. Yeah. Like working on hockey wasn't about, oh, that's the title and stuff. It was just, man, that would be really cool to be able to do something like that. And who's going to think about you as much as you? Mm. We all think that the bosses are thinking about us yeah, tonight, yeah. right? Yeah, they go, yeah. home, why aren't they thinking about me? <laughs> like are, nobody is going to think about you as much as you are so you you go and you create your own opportunities yeah that's what it is that's i mean i talk to a lot of, of people getting into the business now uh-huh. and that's what i tell them you kind of have to lay out your path and it just it will effort will never be duplicated like if you put in the effort you put in the time and you you have a sense of respect about the business and about what other people are doing mm-hmm. you you end up I think the opportunities come. So what did you do on the NHL Awards? I ended up, he said, I said, I just want to work on them. He goes, okay, you can produce them. I'm like, <laughs> like, you're in charge now. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, wow. It was, that was a real learning mm-hmm. experience for three years. I worked with Ron McLean on those. Um, and I'd work with Ron as a director and stuff, but, you know, producing those shows uh, with him. And, you know, I'm booking guests, like, you know, call up, can, hi mr gretzky you know can we can we get you on the air here mm-hmm. it, it was just it was i was way out of my element but i just saw it as it, this is fun this yeah. is fun to do
1: i can yeah. imagine oh it was like you're in tv and you're in sports yeah and in canada you're doing hockey i mean
0: yeah it was it was goes back to like yeah it was really cool i don't you know at the at the time you're always just thinking about the gig and sure. thinking about doing a good job but there was no real i didn't really worry about how i came across in terms of whether you'd fail mm. you know you just failure was never really there was no fear in failure i wanted i didn't mind trying
1: like what what like. would what would failure be you know cuz well, as as a viewer i can i can imagine okay you missed a goal you missed you 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 know there there's certain things you can think of that why didn't they show this Sort of thing. I'm curious, you know, hey, in the I, truck what is his failure. I
0: did a show last week where one of the replays I put up went on too long. It was all on me, and I missed a goal, and I was in a dark, dark space for the week. Are you serious? Oh yeah, it was it was brutal. It was. It was, was this like, the Leafs game the, where yeah, they scored yeah. like 30 seconds after? Yeah, it was like brutal, and I think I thought about it like day and night, and think what the like. It was it was devastating. Wow! It was really even after all these years. Oh eh? yeah, man. You you because you're never above anything. Hmm. You're never above criticism. You're never above the game. You're never above the fans. You you have to know what you want through the shows, and you have to have a vision. Ron actually told me that way back. Yeah, you have to have a vision. Um, but you you have to be okay to make the mistakes, I guess. But this this yeah, back then it was uh failure and fear was never really a part of it.
1: Interesting. Um, tell me about sort of this path. Because um, it seems you're, you're going everywhere, you're doing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know it's not a linear path. I think right. I've gathered yeah. that. But to get to executive producer, yeah. which you've taken a step back, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But to get to executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, um, what was, how did that happen? What were you doing? How was it offered to you?
0: Like, what were your thoughts yeah. around all of that? So I ended up being the senior producer mm-hmm. uh, a few years after I was directing, and I didn't want the job. I didn't As want a senior produce. producer. Yeah, I didn't want to produce. I wanted to keep directing. Okay. And uh, at the time, they, you know, they said, you know, I really want you to step up and do this. And the producer they just let go of a producer uh, named Paul Graham and. Uh, wanted to keep it all inside the cbc and stuff Mm -hmm. and they came to me and said you know we want you to do this and i i was uncomfortable with it uh because you to produce you'd want to produce a lot of other things first and it was a lot of it was a lot of not pressure i didn't mind but it was more the focus i did not want to screw this up it was a big deal Mm in producing this so I ended up doing that and worked with Bob Cole and Harry Neal mm-hmm. for a lot of years, and they were just gems. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we back then we did the intermissions too. So okay. So Ron McLean, Don Cherry. Yeah. We'd start the day at three o'clock and tape the Satellite Hot Stove at three in the afternoon. Oh. That ran in the second intermission yeah. because you had multiple games going on. That's right. Then at five thirty or whatever, uh, Don would show up. And early on, Don came like kind of closer to game time. So I'd be showing him stuff during the commercial breaks, his his Rollins. And Harry Neal would say, what is that? Why am I seeing that? I said, hold on, Harry. Don, have you seen this? Okay, this is good. Okay, now we get back to the game stuff with Harry. It was like that chaotic at times. Wow. Then I started thinking. That's the where systems. the hair went. That's where <laughs> the, the hair went. But that's, I mean. It, it, that's when I thought about systems. That's when I thought about, okay, how do we make this a little bit more fluid? Mm-hmm. I also realized that, you know, nobody's, it, it is, when you're in a leadership role, it's upon you to think about stuff, mm-hmm. to, to make it better. Yeah. Because everything is rinse and repeat for the most part in life. A lot of stuff is copy and paste. And if you stop that trend, you figure out a better way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's when, you know, and it was always a, a, com- a combined effort with everybody else who was on there With the, whether it was the execs or the other producers or the directors they said okay we need Don in earlier Don showed up in earlier and he was committed you know at that, th- at that time when Don came in everything stopped Don would go through his stuff hmm. uh, the hot stove the same thing and then we got into being able to do multiple games at once I mean the technology was so different but that's that's what it meant to me that's when i figured out uh, being a leader you stop the rinse and repeat mm-hmm. process and yeah. you figure out a better way
1: interesting executive producers so that's you yeah. do so you're senior producer you you've got the you set the vision of the game yeah um what does an executive producer
2: well,
0: do sorry correct me if i was wrong sorry yeah no you're right but as as the executive producer you set the vision of the show what do you want the show to be? Okay. How do you want it to? And it's feel not just view? there's a game going on. No, it's this is man, this is it, this is the fabric of our culture, as everybody says, right? Mm-hmm. So, how do you uh, how do you maintain that? How do you stay on the leading edge of technology, of uh, the wallpaper of the show, whether it's music and graphics and animation and mm-hmm. content? How do you stay? relevant and edgy Mm -hmm. and we always said hockey night canada was the show of record how do you be what does that mean how do you maintain being the show of record in this country so do you choose like what the hot hot stove content will be generally like or or
1: whatever show is whatever happens in between periods periods, you
0: have you have a vision for where you want the show to be Mm -hmm. and you are involved in every content decision And you know about when to back off. Yeah. And you know about when to put the pedal to the metal and say, no, this is how we have to go. And a lot of it, I relate the word of trust through a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And Ron had a big part with me on that. Like he was, you know, everybody says, oh, Ron, he he got criticized in those days a lot for controlling the show and this and that. And it was ridiculous Mm -hmm. because he's just such a talent. And I learned a lot from Ron and Don. Mm-hmm. Like through my years, the absolute gems, all the commentators, you, you learn something from. But for sure. some, for me, because I also worked on a lot of Olympics. I was going to ask about that. Ron, yeah. And, yeah. and it was almost like at times, and also having produced them, it was like an ongoing, we'd have ongoing conversations.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Just even on the air, yeah. you know, in commercial breaks or something. yeah. Uh, and the Olympics was very much about that. Because you want to produce through feel. You want to produce through emotion. You want to produce through the viewer's eyes, but not always what they want, and not always what they need. Mm-hmm. But also what you feel is important.
1: Yeah. You know. You, you can you give me an example? I'm really curious, geez. fascinated about that. Oof. Whether it's the Olympics or hockey, was there something like where you took an, an issue, or or maybe you, you yeah. said, you know what, I think we need to do this. Or talk
0: about this, or, or I'm curious. I can't think of something specific. There's so many things, but my my guiding sense was when somebody believes in something so much, mm-hmm. they're going to be great at it. Yeah. Right? Okay. Uh, when Don came in, and there was a lot of times where I think a, a lot of people in outside our little circle used to say, you guys need to control them more. You mm-hmm. need to control Ron and Don. That's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to control something so great? Yeah. Why would you not want to let them be? Um, why were now? Why were they? I can
1: imagine Don's very. Um, he can be very abrasive, in terms of his content, and what he talks about. Yeah. Um. So I can I, I can see yeah. that, but I'm curious, from your seat. Yeah. What did you see? When so when someone would say you need to control them. And you were thinking in your head, why do we need to control them? They're doing an amazing job. Like, What did you see that maybe people who were criticizing were
0: not seeing? I saw that there was a lot of people that we didn't hear from that really liked what they did. Mm-hmm. So why, why would you want to? Why are you just listening to a one side of an opinion on it? Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that there were issues that people lived with every day that we had to discuss as well. Okay. Uh, not just hockey related, but mm. I didn't think it was bad that uh, Ron. I, geez, I remember being in the in the seat for the coach's corner where Ron talked about. Uh, Ron and Don talked about uh, whether we should be in Iraq, mm. in the war. I don't know if you remember that. It's it's mm. famous for being online, and I remember we got scolded big about it, and I remember being told, mm. tell them to move on and I didn't because it was such an important topic that why would you not want to be able to uh to be a breath for viewers and to be able to have them soak in a subject like that Mm. well people say well they're watching a hockey show well you know what though it it was life back then Mm -hmm. it was life and the stuff that Don talked about he related a lot of life to what hockey players are and how they act and what he did and what he believes in. Man, I felt it. Mm-hmm. I felt it, and it didn't matter whether I agreed or disagreed with his opinions. I also felt that you don't know where the line is until you cross it. Mm. You you gotta have that way about you. You gotta have that. No you gotta fear. trust your instinct almost. You gotta trust your instinct, but you gotta take. You gotta go hard on it. Yeah, because there are so many. Back then, it was, I mean, it still is. It's the show of record and people want to be, you want to provoke thought. Mm. Why can't we think together? Why can't yeah. we challenge each other to, uh, to stimulate our minds and ideas? And, and why does that have to be relegated just to, you know, the, the news channel? Mm. Why can't we? Yeah, and I, hockey's and sport is a real escape. But I remember, I remember after 9-11, and Monday Night Football came back. I think it was Monday night back then. It wasn't Sundays because it wasn't on then. But Monday Night Football came back, and at one point they ran this music, uh, this song called Back to Life by Soul to Soul.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that, Sue? Yeah,
0: yeah. So it was so clever. Mm. It stuck out to me, but it just... They didn't have to say it. Mm. They just ran the song. Yeah. And just that beat. You Karen understood. Was like the, her voice was ridiculous in that band. And she just... You just, you just understood. Mm-hmm. You know. I think you you can't ask for the viewers' trust in compartments. If you want the viewers' trust, you have to be there for them in every thought. Mm-hmm. And I I just I just thought that uh, overall as an exec in Hockey Night, I just I wanted to be on the edge. I wanted to I wanted us to take chances. And I came up with this thing called Ace authentic canadian entertainment that was my filter mm. if there was a story idea if i had it somebody else had it if there was a sales thing that needed to get sold it had to go through the filter of being authentic canadian and entertaining or just pay you a lot of money
3: <laughs> not me, but the,
0: but the show so yeah that was the deal
1: that was the deal um i'm curious like did you know before they were going to talk about iraq that they were going to do that like is there a discussion oh, yeah, that yeah, happens? Yeah. Yeah?
0: yeah, we had a sense, okay, for sure about that. Yeah, that he was going to mention it. Okay, and you just didn't know it was going to be the, <coughs> be the whole segment, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, man, it was one of the best segments. There's so many instances where, you know, people say it went off the rails. I'm talking like it was right on track for me. Yeah, uh, everything. Did you get uh reamed for that by your yeah, boss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and rightfully so. It was. I mean, they're the bosses. They can. Sure. You know, we're not above criticism, and we're not above taking direction. And yeah. It's not that at all. But uh, I felt like I felt like it was the right thing to let them go. There was a lot of things we we talked about. Uh, I remember at one point we talked about gay and lesbian rights on hockey night, and people were looking at me, and it was Ron's idea, and Ron said, "I think we should do this," and uh, and I thought about it. I looked into it. And we did it. Hmm. We had a representative on, and Don talked about it. And, like, why not? Sure. This was like 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. It was was not accepted. But on TV, on a hockey show, to talk. Yeah. And why not have conversations? Was that another
1: one, like, move on?
0: Yeah. No, that one, no, we were okay. Yeah? Yeah. It was okay. I'm
1: sure that they... And them being the talent respected, you know, they, they build more respect as they see that, you know, he's got our back. He lets us, you know, he doesn't let us do whatever we want, but he gives us that freedom and he trusts us to, to not embarrass. Maybe, I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah. I mean, you know, you,
0: you trust your instinct, but the, the job of a good producer is also to create a space of trust for the talent to be who they are. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not about, the producers or it's, you know, I, I want a lot of my ideas on the air, but I'm not on the air. So you do it through talent. You also create the space for them to be able to say what they want. Yeah. Uh, that's the job of a producer is to create that, that space for trust. There was a time I
1: remember when Ron McLean, according to what we would hear and and understand was not coming back. Yeah. He was not going to be renewed. Um, I think I remember Don was, was like... Don was shortly after. Yeah. That. What was
0: what was that like? That was crazy. That was probably... Actually, I think that was my first year of going of being a senior producer. And I remember oh, wow. being in the food court or being at CBC, meeting Ron for lunch after the deal had gotten signed. Mm-hmm. I'll go back to about the other That he was or that part part he wasn't coming first. back? That he was coming that back. That he was coming back. Okay. So the deal gets signed. Yeah. I say, let's meet for lunch. Yeah. And I see him and I say, okay, do you want, you know, because it was a public outcry, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I say, okay, you want to go to a restaurant? You want to go somewhere? He goes, no, let's go to the food court. Okay. And since then we try and, you know, whenever I see him, I see him less now, but you try go and go to Chinese the food foods, court. Yeah. <laughs> at the food court. There was nothing different. And that okay. was just, I remember him saying that and I thought that is gorgeous mm-hmm. because nothing had changed. Yeah. For him, Yeah, nothing had changed. Yeah, It was a process. Uh at that time, he, he based a lot of, I mean, he can speak to this, but it was all principle for him. Hmm. Everything was principle. And I remember talking to the folks at CBC saying this is a mistake. And a lot of us were in an uproar that you cannot let Ron go. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. And mm-hmm. we tried to do last-minute deals and behind-the-back bargaining and trying to get, you know... Um, Don, the, the people that talked to Ron and, and, and vice versa. It was all, he, he's, a, he's a man of principle, and how can you ever say anything bad about that?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What was the Don issue? I mean, not the issue, but what was the Don situation like?
0: It was the same type of thing. Yeah. Where, I mean, I don't know what it was in those days, and Don talks about this all the time, but the, when you get too big in this country, people want to take you down. You know, and that's what hockey night really mm-hmm. is. Or, uh, you know, in in those days when there weren't a lot of other shows, at that time it was uh, very much like that. And, and grapes was obviously on the forefront of a lot of conversation. Um, and there's always a factor that people want to we want to kill each other. We just want to we want to take each other down. Is that why Strombo didn't make it? Not make oh, it, but I I think. I don't th- know if he didn't make it. Yeah, I just think I mean, geez, George's. It was like his dream job almost, right? I don't know. If I don't know if it's his dream, dream job, job but, but it seemed but like like he was. He was yeah, yeah. his commitment to it when he started, like yeah. when the, when he got going on it. Yeah. Wow, it was glitter in his eyes. Like yeah. He wanted. Yeah. He genuinely, you could see it in his eyes that he wanted to make. Make a difference, yeah, and make impact. That's all you ever want to do is you want to make impact on something, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. As a broadcaster, as a non-air talent, you want to you want to do something that people remember. I don't think the I guess the the country just wasn't ready for that type of change and that type of impact. And mm-hmm. the audience at the core, yeah. I don't think anybody really. I think people asked the audience in terms of focus groups but i don't think anybody really asked the audience in terms of their feeling on whether they wanted that much change. Mm. you know and and i think that probably hurts strumble the most yeah. is that the audience wasn't really ready for that much change mm-hmm. and i don't think it was what uh what george was given to to lead to believe yeah. that that that's what he wanted but jeez I mean I try and listen to George every Sunday night and he still yeah. has that impact oh for sure you know people were talking
1: that I think it was a couple of years ago that Bob Cole had to go like it was it was yeah. over he was getting and I'll be very honest up front and open with you I don't watch a lot of hockey mm-hmm. um but you know you'd hear stories he'd forget names he'd call people by different names as, mm-hmm. as he's calling the game um he's still calling hockey from what I understand
0: mm-hmm. yeah um
1: nice. And I remember you. I can't remember where you talked about it, but you stick up for him, and you talk about emotion mm-hmm. um, and passion, and and, and being th- that being the very important ingredient when it comes to you know the production of the hockey game and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering if you can talk a bit well, about that. Well,
0: I don't think anybody should keep their job just because they want to do it. That wasn't what I was. Uh, okay. You know, it's not about his passion. It's mm-hmm. about the passion that that he brings across the screen bob is still he's he's i've heard it being called he's the guide track for a lot of goals uh sure he makes mistakes other people make mistakes as well but he his cadence and his voice mm-hmm. uh, and his feel of the game his feel of the the sounds of the ice the sounds of the crowd that much experience why would you want to let that go Mm. why would you not want that yeah you know why is it i think the the old notion of well we just need to be younger it's the same thing that happened with george like just ask the audience half the audience bitches about him half the audience loves him yeah but they all know him and Mm. they get a rise out of him and he's still when he calls a game yeah you still know it's him and yeah there is something different about him. And in this thousand channel universe where we yeah. have so many voices, he is he still comes across like a star.
1: Yeah. That is so true.
0: Um, you won a bunch of awards.
1: Gemini yeah. Awards yeah. for uh, the anniversary show hockey day in Canada. Um what does that mean to you? Nothing. I mean, <laughs> not,
0: not I should say nothing, but it just I don't know the awards, and it's not a, you know, a typical modest thing that I'm trying to do. Yeah, yeah. it's more. I don't know. I've never really focused on it uh, Mm -hmm. with any any sort of importance. Yeah, I just haven't, because um, you you just you do something when people don't notice. Mm You and let's say even if you do something and somebody else gets the credit for it, you smile, you get back up, you do it again. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. It's actually the way it should be and the way life was meant to be. I love when people love my work. Like it's it's great to get that feeling of uh, that you've made impact and stuff. It's yeah. it's it's great. And those awards are never, you know, underestimated or not. Uh, not acknowledged i just it's it's just uh it's just not uh i like it when people can talk about the game and and talk about a different shot or a different moment that you've done Mm. that just almost means just as much as um
1: so a few years ago Mm. rogers gets (coughs) gets hockey night in canada yeah um and and what do they do they they
0: they got the place.
1: They, no, yeah, no, no but they what do they do no. with CBC? I don't. I'm, I'm trying to understand that relationship with CBC and Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah. They, they, they. I don't. Know, they they sublet
0: it back to you. Yeah. guys. Well, we like, have the that? hours. We have okay. the programming hours on yeah. CBC, and and they use our people. I'm still a CBC employee. Okay. Uh, and there's a, about twenty or thirty of us that are still CBC employees that are contracted out to Rogers. Okay. And that really, that had a lot of doing with. The guy who's in charge of the Rogers Media, mm-hmm. is, and his name's Scott Moore.
3: Mm. You might have
0: heard of Scott. Yeah, yeah. He's always around at a different event in the city. You just look up the paper and you'll see him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, he's... The name he, is very familiar. Oh, he's always pushing Rogers Media. It's, it's really... <laughs> it's, uh... He's got a lot of energy, and he was the one who yeah. understood the CBC. Okay. And he understood the fabric of the CBC. yeah. He understood Ron McLean and Don Cherry. Yeah. He understood the Hockey Night brand, and he he made that deal or helped make that deal where we were still uh, on track with hockey. That's why we're involved in it. A lot of it was because of him.
1: Because he knew he understood. There's there's some similar to you got to keep, you know, Bob Cole. You got to keep Cherry. You got to keep McLean. It's it's.
0: Yeah. I mean, and and part of it is. I think he had a good sense that the viewers didn't want this sudden full 360 degree change, mm-hmm. but that's not to say that it didn't need something. It needed a spark. It it definitely needed something. And I think it was sure. great that Rogers, the amount of money that they have to invest in hockey, even now, like it's not like they're sitting there saying, let's take this property for granted. Yeah. They're thinking, they're mm-hmm. thinking of new ways and they're the technology, the ref cam, the different technology, different commentators. Everything has to progress. Yeah. Everything has to evolve. Yeah. And they're the caretakers of it now. And it's actually been great that they've tapped into the CBC to kind of keep it. What do you think of the fox, the puck thing? The glowing
1: puck? <laughs> yeah.
0: I That was way back. Yeah. Uh, and
4: but I
1: still see it on... Was it, is, do they do it on replays? They do it. Who does uh, that? Yeah.
0: Well, different... They do it... By breaking down a game.
1: Yes, okay, yeah.
0: Honestly, Yeah. we were all in uproar as a country. It was like a... It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like... It, <laughs> it was, was nuts. It was crazy. And we loved to hate it. <laughs> I thought it was way ahead of its time. And I thought it was amazing. Wow. And, and I thought that if you can't be arrogant enough to think that everybody in this country are hockey fans, yeah, and everybody can follow the puck, yeah, and... Maybe it wasn't for us at that time, but is it now? I mean, when we maybe when we do analysis on sure on after the fact, you know, we we highlight the player, we highlight the puck, and you've got that like visual of like you're moving around like a matrix thing. It's video games, that's freaking amazing. It's video games are huge. If you can relate video game technology to hockey content, Mm -hmm. then a part of our generation can relate to it. I didn't think it was a big. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you were like in the back it, Yeah, we should do this. Well, I didn't know if we should do it, but
0: I'm glad they did it. You glad they did yeah. it? Yeah,
1: yeah. Have you done anything else besides sports producing and directing?
0: Olympics, sports. Yeah. I love music. Okay. Did, um, what have you done in music? Oh God, I used to. I used to direct Dan Gallagher's video hits. You remember that show? Remember Dan? Big Dan, Dan Gallagher. Gallagher? Yeah, yeah, Dan. No way. Yeah, was yeah. that a CBC thing? Yeah, it was a CBC show, and okay. I used to direct that show with Dan, and we oh hang out and. Uh, you know, you wouldn't know this by looking at me, but I, I remember going through him with, uh, touring through Scandinavia with Def Leppard.
1: My goodness. We did a
0: lot of junkets like that. And that was my real taste of uh, different music and <laughs> and different types of people. Yeah. And, and Dan was, he was great. Like he was a soulful guy. Wow. Yeah, it was, it, he, and people were drawn to him. Mm-hmm. They were really drawn to him. Uh, I love music. I, I love doing music shows. That's yeah. what I would want to do.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, that's yeah, your dream great. job, right there. Well,
0: there. what's a dream? <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I still I love doing that, and other than that, no. Geez, you make me sound like a fear. I, you yeah, I haven't <laughs> done much.
1: I so some people have some questions for you here. Let me let me just get to that very quickly. Dun, 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 dun. Where is it? I never like editing this thing but this is where I'm gonna have to like oh yeah go in and yeah, yeah. and um and oh, just missed it here we go okay here we go so questions I got uh three four questions here okay um question from and the, and yeah so question from Salim. he wants to know what is your best moment at work so far
0: Ooh, my best moment at work yeah. Professionally, uh, I'd say one of the highs for me in feeling like uh, I made some... Well, you know what? Directing Wayne Gretzky's final game at Madison Square Garden mm. was very cool. That was, uh, that was really neat because there was so much emotion to capture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that that was that was a that was a great moment for me um, selfishly uh, that was that was a lot of fun to do. Nice. Um,
1: second question is from Hasina. What was your most frustrating moment and how did you resolve it if it did get resolved?
0: My most frustrating moment. Geez, there's one like every day, dude. <laughs> yeah.
1: I guess you told that one where you you missed a goal. Yeah,
0: yeah. that was that was ridiculously frustrating. Mm-hmm. It was like. Now in, I was dark, curious. I forgot to ask you. Did anyone call you out? Like, did your boss call? Oh, yeah, they know. Really? They're, they're they're pretty classy. They they know. But you they know, know but they don't call you out and say, "Dude, no, I, I, you messed brought up." Brought it up myself. Okay, yeah, like it's it's not. They know, and yeah. it's you know, uh, that was really frustrating. But in the moment. For any type of mistake, and there's going to be tons of mistakes every day, uh, but what you do is you just you kind of have to refocus. You kind of have to listen to what players say in their clips, mm-hmm. you know, all those cliches, and take that and say, okay, yeah, I'm going to yeah. do that. Yeah. God, that's hard.
1: You got to forget the past. Yeah. Like, you know, closers in baseball. Yeah. You got to forget your last game and go back out there. Yeah. Um, Hoos wants to know? I think you know him.
0: Hoos. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um. What's the craziest thing Don Cherry's ever worn? That he's ever worn? Yeah,
0: on air. On the air. Uh, I think his flamingo jacket was flamingo jacket. pretty crazy. Yeah, he he gets his stuff from that curtain place. What's the name of yeah. that place? Uh, Fabricland. He gets a lot of suits from Fabricland, from what I understand. Okay, and like he the pays fabrics for every single one of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, it was a jacket with a bunch of flamingos on it. <laughs> Does it he wear cool. pants? I always, I'm always curious. Is he wearing pants behind the desk? I can't say secrets. <laughs> I'm not saying. I can't reveal anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, yes, he wears pants.
3: Uh,
1: Sharon has three questions very quickly. Mm. Um, how do you, you know, we, we talked a little bit about you know technology is changing, and you know whether it's the glowing puck or whether it's you know like the video game thing in, in the replays. So, question number one: How do you stay prepared for all of these changes in technology? Mm-hmm. Number two: What do you do to stay motivated? And the last one was: um, What makes a good leader?
0: So, three very mm-hmm. different questions wow. there. That girl, whoever sent that in, sounds smart. <laughs> smart questions. Um, what was the first one? Um, how do you stay up on? Yeah, ch- yeah, yeah. Changes and shifts in the oh, technology. Oh man, you watch. Yeah, you watch. You watch everything. You get out of your bubble. watching other stuff like you watch the other sports i watch a lot of the american sports like football and baseball and i watch a lot of and their hockey coverage too Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of great stuff that they do over at nbc as well Mm -hmm. uh so i watch a lot of stuff in terms of that technology i also talk to a lot of uh not kids but a younger audience yeah I have a lot, like I told you, I have a lot of nieces, and nephews, and they are no short in advice that sure. they give me. Yeah, So I talk to them a lot about what's what do they find interesting. And even the younger people in the office, I talk to them. You know, did you like that? Because we're all kind of walking around in our own heads with our own thoughts, knowing what we know, not knowing what we don't know. And then you end up doing the same stuff. Hmm. So I keep up on it by watching. Yeah. What keeps me motivated? Yeah. Moments, hmm. moments and people. I, okay. I, I, I think when you can make impact on a viewer or get that amazing shot of a, of a player or of a musician, whatever it is, um, and, and kind of put that on the air and make a viewer think mm-hmm. and make impact in their mind where it gives them something to feel. When they can, when you can do something that makes somebody feel something, hmm. it's just a gorgeous feeling to be able to make impact. And the fact that I get to do that, that's cool.
1: Yeah. And what makes you a good leader? Or what characteristics do you feel make
0: a well, good Well, I don't leader? know if I'm a good leader, but I like leading. Yeah. I, I make no bones about it. I enjoy leadership. Um, and I think we all have, we are all, we're all leaders at some point. But I, I like people. Like, I like potential in people. I enjoy mentoring. I like talking to people. I like seeing what makes them tick. I learn a lot about leadership through people. Yeah. Um, And when you can not put yourself aside, but when you can actually put the other person first. It's funny that we're having this talk when all this whole week has been about Gordon Downey and how much he cared about yeah. people and the songwriting, mm-hmm. you know, and the lyrics and I watched Ron talk about it all week and and just overall it just was a a beautiful feeling of being Canadian. Mm. When you think about that. When yeah. you think about the whole week that we celebrated this Guy who headed a rock band. Yeah, and uh, it's funny because we were talking about it uh, uh, over the weekend with Jim Houston, Craig Simpson. We were, we are talking about these things, and it just, it just felt right. Mm-hmm. It just felt good. That still leads you. That, for that reason, I just think leadership is something that we all need to do. But not just by telling people what to do. Mm. That's not leadership. Yeah, leadership is kind of living with the people and learning through them and and loving them. I believe in love leadership. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in game face leadership. I believe in love leadership.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much, man, for coming in. That was
0: a
3: pleasure. Yeah, this has been really fun. Right on.
4: small, slim glass jar with a screw-top lid. And I fingered that jar. I put it in my pocket. She said, can't go into the woods without them. I smiled at her and left. And I kept i